My grandpa catches a thief in a trap he built, but it scares the thief so bad he has a heart attack. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. My grandpa was an amazing man. I gladly attribute my writing style to him. He was simply an incredible storyteller. I've been imitating his humor since I was old enough to say so. He had some great revenge stories too, especially from the Army Reserve, and when he was a Boy Scout leader too, come to think of it. Grandpa worked for a company that set up displays in grocery stores. Due to his generous and talkative nature, he had a lot of contracts and connections, which meant that he was offered all sorts of food that was nearing its expiration date. Even better, once a display was done, it was often to be disposed of which meant it was whisked away to the basement. Grandpa's basement was like a grocery store that did your laundry while you shopped. It was awesome. He even had a refrigerated section. The dairy products needed to be eaten right away so they didn't go bad. But the potato chips, cans of soda, fruit drinks, cereal, canned food, and other non-perishable stuff lined the shelves and filled the fridge. While the grown-ups would grab a few cans of green beans or a bulk bag of frozen pizzas, the grandkids knew where the good stuff was. An inflatable three-foot-long Oscar Mayer hot dog in a bun, an inflatable package of sliced cheese, a world globe made of fake candy, and all the ice shovels we could ever want to name a few. When he was selling stores on new products, we got the extra samples. Nintendo cereal, Danon bottled water in yogurt containers, I don't think those ever made it to market, and all sorts of amazing things. His twice-yearly garage sales were the stuff of legend. While most of the stuff was stored in the basement, some of it was boxed up in the shed. Long-term food and trinkets that could stand the summer heat. Grandpa's shed was one of those simple, corrugulated metal things. The doors didn't even lock. It housed his lawnmower, some grass seed, and a few boxes of bulk goods for his garage sales. One day, he saw that a box was open and some trinkets inside were gone. Over the next few weeks, he saw other things go missing. Not big stuff. Just toys and trinkets, which is why he suspected a neighbor kid was breaking into his shed. There weren't many kids on the block, though, and he never saw them actually breaking in. But an adult would have taken more or not come back at all. His shed was in the fenced backyard, too, so it wasn't like someone was just wandering past. Finally, after losing quite a few trinkets and finding a box knocked over onto the floor, he decided to take matters into his own hands. He had a day off in the middle of the week, and that evening, he built a trap that would have made Rube Goldberg weep for joy. It involved balloons, falling marbles, roller skates, the works. He spent a week planning it. There were drawings. Once he finally built it, he went to bed, content that he would catch his thief. Early the next morning, he got up, made coffee, and waited for his burglar. As always happens, he was taking a break from watching when he heard part of his trap spring. I think it was the balloon that popped when the door was moved. He ran for the back door, pelted down the back steps, and ran around the side of the house just in time to see a flash of movement. Only a glimpse, but enough that he saw exactly where the burglar was, hiding behind a tree. He crept up to the tree moving stealthily on his driveway. Now, this tree was special. For whatever reason, it split a little less than four feet off the ground, the crotch of the tree making a wide U-shape. It was perfect for climbing. Grandpa, having reached the tree, realized he could look down on the thief from above. The thief peeked around the tree, saw Grandpa there, and leaped up. And at the same instant, Grandpa popped his head over the tree, screaming bloody murder. 
hoping to scare the ever-living daylights out of the sneaky little thief. For a moment, the thief stared in absolute shock and terror, then keeled over, flat on his back. The excitement of the chase and the sudden shock of seeing my grandpa's contorted face screaming down at him was too much. His heart must have given out. My grandpa actually scared him to death. For a moment, my grandpa just stared. Then, unbelieving, went around the tree and gave the recent corpse a gentle nudge. The thief was dead as a doornail. Grandpa leaned against the tree, put his hands over his face, and laughed until he could barely breathe. I can still picture the tears of laughter in his eyes as he told me the story of how he gave a squirrel a heart attack. He never got his trinkets back, but boy did he ever get his revenge. You know, I gotta give credit to our original poster here. They said they were a good storyteller right at the beginning, and by the end, I'd forgotten. But I absolutely have to give them that credit. I didn't see that coming. I thought his grandpa was a little twisted at first laughing at a dead body. But given that it was a squirrel, I can definitely see the humor. You don't expect to scare a squirrel to death. Sounds like this little guy was giving your grandpa quite a hard time, but I don't think he deserved to go out like that. Entitled student tries to present my friend's designs as her own and gets kicked out of the university. So my friend over in Korea studies fashion design. She sometimes sends me over sketches of the designs, and they all look amazing. But then again, I'm not exactly into fashion. She's particularly interested in designing handbags and purses. She told me a story about how she shut down one of the most entitled, self-centered, lazy students on campus. For our cast, we have Grace, our main girl, Jane, the evil one, and the professor. At first, Grace and Jane got along just fine. They were both interested in similar stuff and quickly became BFFs. Grace decided to show Jane her sketches and designs for handbags and purses, and Jane was really impressed by it, mostly because the sketches were in incredible detail, including all the patterns and sew lines coupled with figurative measurements. Even the professor was impressed by it, and it was no surprise that Grace got a high mark on their first major exam. Jane didn't do so well, and practically followed Grace everywhere to get pointers on how to do better. So Grace decided to help her out. Unfortunately, Jane turned out to be one of the most entitled, lazy, and selfish people that Grace has ever met. Things that Jane did to tick Grace off included, but not limited to, not paying attention, being late on their study session, never showed appreciation, didn't pay for coffee or snacks, and complaining annoyingly about how hard it is to draw something. Grace pretty much gave up on her after a week, refusing to meet Jane outside of her class. Time went by and for their midterm, everyone in the class had to do a presentation on the stuff they had designed. When it was Jane's turn, Grace was shocked to see Jane had stolen one of her designs. Thankfully, Grace had multiple designs going on, so there were no conflicts when it was her turn to present. But she was seething with rage. Grace had a meeting with the professor afterwards, and the professor knew what was going on, but couldn't really do anything with Jane. Because it turns out, she was the daughter of the chairman or one of the major investors. Grace said she can't remember. The chairman apparently blackmailed the professor into giving Jane the best grades. Professor did, however, help Grace devise a plan to humiliate and expose Jane. For the finals, the professor announced to the class that they would do another presentation, but it would be three designs and advised that they bring their A-games, because professionals from industries would be grading their work, and the head of the department and the chairman would be there as well. 
So you know how Grace had a bunch of sketches for the class? Well, Grace also had a separate sketchbook that had designs for major brands. Michael Kors, Coach, you name it. She never used these directly for class assignments, but rather as inspirations for her designs. Grace pretended to be all friendly with Jane again and brought the other sketchbook on their meetings, still putting up with all the problems mentioned above. Grace secretly worked tirelessly on her new design and did her best to keep it a secret from Jane. So the day of the final presentation arrives and Grace and Professor are grinning because they know what's about to happen. Grace went first and she got a lot of praise from the judges. After a few more presentations, the last one to go was Jane. Jane's presentation turned out to be another copycat copying designs of not one, not two, but three different companies. After the presentation, this was how it all went down, at least according to Grace. So you're saying you designed all these by yourself, right? That's right. And you swear that it was really your design and you didn't copy from anything else, right? I swear. Are you aware your designs are from three different brands? Huh? Are you aware that these are on the market right now? and some of the most popular designs. Wait, hold on. Yeah, I was gonna bring this up. If you had worked for any brands, you would have probably been fired, or worst case, sued. But please, I'm not done yet. Did you honestly think that this would work? We, the judges, have been in the industry for over 10 years. We know a copycat when we see it. But these aren't even my designs, they're from Grace. Is this true? Yes, but I'd never use them for major projects nor call them my work. I just use sketches of them as inspirations for my own designs. Well, that was clear from your presentation. They turned back to Jane. Now, Miss Jane, this is a clear case of plagiarism, and I do hope your school is merciful on this matter. After the presentation was over, the chairman screamed at the professor in front of everyone, not realizing he just revealed all the blackmailing and the secret grade deal. Jane tried to call out Grace on how she screwed her over, but it didn't really matter. No one listened to Jane's attempt and slander, and she was kicked out of the school. Chairman pretty much lost all support and had to resign, and was replaced by a far more honorable and competent one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, she had that one coming. I'm surprised that after Jane stole the designs the first time, that she wasn't suspicious that Grace wanted to hang out again. She must know Grace knows that those were her designs. It didn't seem like there was any confrontation over it, but I'm sure she knows. You must know you've thrown that friendship down the drain that point, and that they're probably just looking to get back at you. Jane brought it on herself, not just by stealing the design, but by not seeing this coming. At the very least, she's trying to work in the industry. She should know what the top bags currently look like. No amount of blackmailing is going to fill that hole in her knowledge. That's something she needs to at least have some small interest in. Otherwise, what is she doing here? My entitled aunt thinks I should support my entitled mother. So this happened this year. A little backstory. My mom mooched off of people her entire life. 
From purposely getting pregnant with me when she was 17, by lying to my dad that she was on the pill, to living with my grandparents the last 25 years after my dad divorced her when I was three. There's a lot of stories I could go into, but suffice it to say that she only wants people to take care of her, from money to cleaning, and she thinks she does no wrong and she's the victim. Often screaming at my grandparents when they ask her to get a job to help since they had declining health and medical bills piling up. She would say things like, I do a lot around here. I pay for some of the food with her food stamps or everyone always blames me for everything and goes on a tangent trying to guilt trip and bully. My granddad, now that my grandmom has passed, wouldn't put up with it anymore and sold his house to move into a nursing home leaving my mom and her other two teen kids, my aunt, her husband and kids, and my uncle, who's probably autistic, to be honest, without anywhere to live. This was finalized about four months ago. My mom with two kids is now living in a crappy, leaking, barely functioning camper in a Walmart parking lot. My dad has tried his best to shield my brother and me from most of the insanity growing up, even spending 20k in legal fees to get full custody. But it doesn't stop her from asking for money, trying to crash at our places, and things like that. Eventually, I moved to a different state, and she still doesn't have my address. But let's get to the story. One year ago, I got a text from my aunt. It reads as follows. I'm going to be a little harsh with you right at this moment. You and your brother need to stop depending on everyone else to take care of your mother. Dad will be moving into an independent living facility within the next month, and she's using Dad, living here for free and not contributing in any way. The house stinks in the area where she lives, and it reeks of stale cigarettes and foot fungus and B.O. She needs to get her act together, and if need be, y'all need to help her get it together. It's come to the point where there are arguments constantly about her nastiness. Dad being in the hospital for the last few days and now at a rehabilitation center, he needs to have it stress-free at this house, and he needs to be able to sell this house. The one main complaint to people that would come to look at this house was the smell that's here. And that should never be something that's complained about in a house that's being shown to sell. I apologize if this seems rude, but at this point, I really don't know what else to do. You and your brother need to step up and start taking care of your mother in some way, shape, or form. Your mother's always boasting about you making 70000 a year, but you never help her out. You're to take care of your parents, just like they're supposed to take care of you. If at some point in your life you devoted your life to God, you're still a Christian. Whether you live that way or not, you're sealed for the day of redemption. If she doesn't find a way to get out of this house within the next week or so, she'll be without a house. I'm sorry, but that's the cold honest truth. She has a car, but won't fix it. I understand that it's an easy fix, but she has too good a thing with a free taxi service in Bryant. The truth of the matter is that she will not have a place soon. Your brother needs to help where he can, and so do you. And if you want to start a fight in this house, then complain to your mama. But I hope you don't and you do the right thing. Now, understand that my brother and I have spent our lives trying to make something of ourselves. My brother just got on his feet and got a good job in his early 20s. I just moved to a different state and started to get my life back together after some incidents. I'm 27 at the time. My aunt does the same crap that my mom does. 
She has two kids there and a husband. She refuses to work and thinks she's better than everyone and a really annoyingly religious person. I decide not to text Mac. At the time, I was furious because she knows how hard we've worked to be where we are and still is asking us to support our entitled mom. I decided to copy and paste the text to my dad. Here's where some of it gets ugly. This is his text to my aunt. Uh, hey, aunt, it's dad. Sorry to hear about your dad. He's a good man, and I've always liked him no matter what's going on. He was always nice to me. Now, that being said, it's very sad what's going on with mom and her two kids. Although, she's had plenty of time to get her act together and did nothing. I've done everything in my power to make sure that my kids didn't get sucked down by her, and told them this day would come where she'd want to leech off them. Well, I didn't raise my kids to be dumb jerks, unlike your parents. Sorry, but the truth is, it's their fault that every one of you four are completely worthless and stupid, and I saved my kids and helped them to have a good life. And it's not their responsibility to pick up their worthless mom. It's sink or swim, and I'd advise you to put her in the street and let her swim on her own. But don't guilt trip my kids, which are fully aware that this day was coming and they're saying no. They aren't dumb enough to let it happen to them. That stupid jerk will suck the life out of my kids and that ain't happening. So leave my kids out of it and put her on the street where she belongs. I didn't raise stupid kids and both of them are smarter than all of you dumb jerks put together. So take your guilt trip and shove it. Have a nice day. After that, I think my aunt took an exception to the text and absolutely blew up my phone, saying, I don't deserve this treatment. Is this what I get as your aunt? You've really become selfish. Then she starts talking about how God loves me and crap, and this went on for days. It's been a year later, and I've not texted her back. I will not get dragged into the toxicity and support my able-bodied mother who doesn't want to do anything but get handouts. This story is actually a little bit unique compared to a lot of other stuff that we talk about, in the sense that the original poster did absolutely nothing, except copy and paste the text to their dad. They didn't instigate, retaliate, or do anything to warrant this behavior coming their way. This is literally just entitled family coming out of nowhere. And I'm sorry, I'm tempted to agree with them. It sounds like mom has had plenty of time to get her act together and just never has. It's not on her kids to take care of her at that point. Like dad said, it's sink or swim. She needs to step up now or just let life kick her in the butt. And if she can't cut it, then she's got no one to blame but herself. My roommate won't stop stealing food, so when I find out his mom is coming to visit, I come up with a plan that ended up leaving her in tears. So this happened way back in 2013. I was living in a large space with five roommates. One of my roommates was known for borrowing food, including expensive stuff like meat, but of course never replacing it. Well, one day, I knew his mother was coming to visit and stay a few days, and his mom absolutely loved horses. So what I decided to do was bait this roommate with horse meat. It's not common in the US, but legal to buy imported. So I acquired some nice thin cuts, and I sliced most of it and salted and left it in a Tupperware in the fridge. Then I left the rest of the package with the horse meat store label in the freezer. 
Well, sure enough, in the evening, I noticed that some of the horse is gone. So I make a big deal about someone stealing some of my horse meat in front of his mom. They go, <laughs> very funny. Sure, it's horse meat. And my roommate owns up to borrowing some meat he used to make him and his mom steak and eggs for breakfast and lies that he'll replace it. That's when I pull out the package from the freezer and prove that it was in fact horse meat and his mom burst into tears, crying to her son, How could you feed me horse? He definitely at least stopped borrowing my meat after that. I don't know how I feel about this one. I mean, sure, you got the end result you wanted with him getting in trouble and not taking your food anymore. But the real victim here was the mom, who didn't do anything wrong and wasn't involved in this situation at all. I really do just feel bad for her, honestly. I feel like there was another way that this could have happened without traumatizing the guy's mother. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories. Or if you want some vibey music to put on in the background, check out Easy Mode. If you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot. Everything linked in the description.